the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 103 of the Severe MMA podcast is back. I'm here, Sean Sheehan, like I am every week, with Ireland's answer to Rupert Murdoch, Graham McDonald, and we're going to look back at all the big <laughs> news and notes from the last week in MMA and look forward to next week. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors like they are every week, rosnutrition.com. Head on over to that website, rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVEREMA. If you don't know ROS Nutrition or Ireland's leading supplement provider, you know, they have all that good stuff, vitamins and antioxidants, green foods, essential oils, proteins and amino acids, uh, stuff for sports performance, creatine products, all that. They have, you know, they break it down by sports, by your gender, by everything, anything you need. They have a, a tremendous website, um, rosnutrition.com, as I say. Head on over there, put all your stuff in the cart, line it all up, put in the promo code SEVERE MMA, all in capitals, and get 25% off your first order. You know, they have some special offers. I see them on the website here as I speak at the moment. There's special offers, you know, new year now. Um, so head on over there, rosnutrition.com, promo code SEVERE MMA. 25% off for first order. Tell a friend about it. And tell a friend about this podcast as well. If you told two friends, we'd, we'd all we'd all have a Merry Christmas, wouldn't we, Graham? <laughs> You're going with the Merry Christmas thing. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year again. Yeah. <laughs> Getting it in early. You, you heard it here to. first for 2017. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I suppose we let's let's get uh, before we get straight into. It, I suppose we have to give our, our little joy begin. Liverpool Liverpool lost the Wolves there again. Not that great. Uh, fucking awful. We won't have an FA Cup argument. We had about an hour of that on the oh. phone the other day. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy, man. You're we win by hole against Man United. That was a. We listen, we got truth to the final, that's all that matters. It's yeah, a good yeah. result. It's a good result. If you're to lose any game, that's the one. But look, we, we bounce back against Wolves. Chelsea, the Chelsea game is massive now. Massive. Who do you want to win it? Who, who are playing? Chelsea and Liverpool, is it? Yeah. I want Chelsea to win, obviously. Uh, you're giving up on the league, have you? Yeah, we have no hope of winning the league. Like, so I'm just being realistic about it. Not with that attitude, anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah. Look, look. Let's let's get straight into. It. We have a lot of stuff to to um to talk about this week. UFC on Fox card uh, this weekend from Denver, Colorado, with the main event uh, being Valentina Shevchenko, but Julia against Juliana Pena. But I want to, first thing I want to get into. Francis Ngannou. It, it has to be. It has to be Francis Ngannou. And what a performance! Gone out there against Andrei Arlovsky. A minute and thirty-two seconds, standing up. He took one good shot from Arlovsky, actually, but stood up to him, went straight at him in the biggest fight of his life, and took Arlovsky's head off basically with a, with a huge shot, knocked him down. And the, the referee stepped in. What I want he to punch him up into the air for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he did. First of all, on the performance, like I know it was a sharp performance, but when you're going in there against. You know, we speak about it a lot in this podcast. When you kind of take that step up, whether it's into a championship fight or into just like a, a huge contender fight, it's hard to produce what you've produced before. Now, heavyweight's a little bit easier, but how impressed were you with what Ingano actually did in that fight? 
Yeah, it was, it was once again, I was very impressive. As you say, it's a, it's it's really short, so it is kind of, even though it's a really impressive win, it is hard to take a lot from it. I thought we'd learn a little bit more, but we, we like, you can only, like, he's just running through people. Like, he can only do, he can only beat the people in front of him. And Arlovsky's no joke. Like, like Arlovsky's been on three fight skids before. He's been on four fight skids. He's come back to go on four fight win streaks. You know, he, he he's always game. His striking's always good. Like, he he's crisp he's dangerous early and and francis just went through him like just that that uppercut was 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 beautiful yeah i thought it was just a brilliant to say and the reason i brought it up first is there's a lot of talk about who's next for for francis and all i really think he should fight Steve miocic next i really really do like the heavyweight division, what do we complain about always in the heavyweight division? It's the same fights over and over again. You know, Cain Velasquez against Bigfoot Silva twice, Cain Velasquez against JDS, Velasquez against Verdum, Verdum against Mayotte. We're going to have that again. Mayotte against Stipe, they already fought. We're going to have that again. You need this is what he is a manner from heaven for the heavyweight division. Mm. This is exactly what they need. At you want to give him one, one top five, one top five guy first, I think. But Arlo, what's Arlovsky? Arlovsky like seven or something. Yeah, but, yeah. I think you have to do. On a bit, a bit of a skid though to get a title shot off off that. Is, is there's other people who are kind of waiting there as well? Like, um, but who's winning? Velasquez Verdum. Yeah, fought. They already all fought before. Oh. Like, Velasquez is out injured. Verdum fought Steeper before. JDS fought Steeper before. I know. Okay. JDS beat him, but still, oh god! I, I, I just, I think it's what the heavyweight division needs. Yeah, I like, wouldn't be against it. Definitely not like, but I, yeah. I, I think, um, I think they might give him one more. Like he hasn't even headlined a, a card yet. The hardcores are definitely big on him, but is he is he a known quantity outside of that? But I, I don't think it matters. I think, I think you put him in there and you like you build him as champion. Do like I don't know, like a. Um, What's his name? Anthony Joshua. He he could be this guy. Like he he has it. Like if he loses, he loses. Like he he's still young. He's as you say. Like he doesn't have that many fights in UFC. What five fights in UFC? You know, he can come back. He can get in there again. He can he can work his way up in heavyweight division. You know, as we as I'm talking about, there, everyone's getting a rematch. Yeah, you can do it. No problem. I just think it it makes perfect perfect sense. This this is the problem. Like the heavyweight division is, is basically stagnant, you know, and it has been for years because of Velasquez's injuries and because of the same people up there all the time. Like if you like if you look at the rankings now, like uh, take away the, the guys I mentioned at the top. You have been around with Mark Hunt, Arlovsky, and you've okay, Derek Lewis is a newer guy. Travis Brown's been around for ages. Then you know, Stefan Struve. You know, it these are guys that have been around for ages and ages and ages. And most of those guys that I named there, they're not, you know, they're either not getting title shots or definitely not winning them anyway. Uh, I just think, you know, this this is what they need. This, you know, I'm not I'm not saying it's it's like Conor McGregor coming into the the, uh, the Federated Division, but it, it, it's you know it's on par if you take away like he's obviously he's special huge superstar talent it's the same not not talent but you know he's what am I trying yeah. to say he's like he's superstardom but it, like the talent is is there for and you know now I'm not saying he's going to beat Steve I think it'll be very a very good fight I'd probably pick him to beat him you know it, it's it probably it'd be a very close really, fight but, yeah yeah I don't know it's fancy. Yeah, he's he's really good. Like he, oh, that power, so little to he, judge him on as well. Like, and yeah, 
if he gets put on his back, how's he going to look? There's, there's a lot of unknowns there as well, like you know. Yeah, but they were they were there at McGregor as well, you know. Before that, Chad Mendes was, you know, he was knocking everyone out. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty but he'd be, he was beating people a lot, like Anthony Hamilton, Mihailovic, Curtis Blade. Like I know this is a good win. This is a very good win over Arlovsky, and he and he went through him like he was nothing. But it, it would be kind of a it would be a very quick title shot, but maybe they want to mix it up. Like the uh, WME IMG are doing things a little differently. Maybe they, yeah. maybe they will go with this. Maybe that's, this is what they want. Fresh matchup, upcoming contender, knocking people out all over the place. Yeah. They, they could easily do it. Like I wouldn't be against the, against it at all. There's the UFC do things two ways though as well. Sometimes even in the past, like they either, obviously they give you like the slow roll to the top or they give you like the quick, get there like mcgregor joseph duffy i remember they tried to do it with uh with uh the younger pettis brother you know they have they have definitely done this before you know get you there to the top quick and by giving him the arlovsky fight i think that's where they're trying to go you know look there's talk of jds getting the title shot and stuff now but you know, I, I think it could happen as you say with the wme factor as well dana white coming out before the fight saying this guy's a future champion this guy's a star and you know if, if they think that they don't want to get that quickly, you know. They need stars, and you know, if he went out there and and, and you know laid out steep very quickly, he could become he could become absolutely huge. So, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the, the progression of Francis. And, you know, obviously, the, you know, there's still doubts. Like there's out, there's doubts about most fighters, to be honest with you, especially when five fights into their UFC career, you know. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I'd love but to it's see where it. it's where we've never seen somebody even put it, put a bit out of their game though, and 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 be this close to a title shot as we're saying. Like you know, they, he's kind of had it all his own way nearly the, the, the whole time. But maybe that's because he's just so good. But we just don't we don't really know yet. Yeah, but even from like his first couple of UFC fights, he just looks so much cooler and calmer and you know crisper and he's striking. You know, he was very very raw. I remember someone like sent me a tweet. I sent him like his first UFC fight. It was like he's unbelievable at lead and stuff like that, but very very raw. And like that rawness is kind of gone. You know, he's I don't know. You gone in there and striking when Arlovski, as you said, they're like. Arlovski's no joke on the feed. You know, even I don't care if he's done a skid or whatever. Fair enough. You know, to go in there and counter Arlovsky the way he did, and you know, I know land quicker than him. Okay, maybe he's he's quicker naturally, but it, I thought it was it was just brilliant. You've seen guys like Brendan Schaub is a pretty good athlete. He couldn't do it to to Arlovsky. There's been plenty of other guys as well who couldn't do it to Arlovsky, and he went in there and you know took him yeah, out like very quickly. Francis, but, uh, Francis Francis had his first fight in November 2013, like his first pro MMA fight. So he hasn't been he hasn't he hasn't been training all the last three years in the game. Like you know, maybe for him. And his team, it's actually better to take a, a Travis Brown or Ben Rothwell fight or something like that and just like improve in between and and be be fully ready for the title shot. Because he as you say, he he was very raw in his in his first UFC fight and then he looked a little bit more a little bit more polished and a little bit more polished. Now he's looking very polished from the li- little bit we've seen, but it, it's probably in his best interest to to wait a little, one or two more. He, like he's only been three years in a game, like it's very very short amount of time to be a pro fighter and to fight like somebody like Steve A for the for the UC belt. But maybe he just is that freak guy that that is just he just beat him now. Yeah. Maybe he is. We don't we don't know. Like if he doesn't if he doesn't get the shot, I think um Derek Lewis fighting Travis Brown in a couple of weeks i think the winner of that against um against singing would be a pretty good fight maybe number one contender fight maybe on the same night as the as the title fight but uh he's 
in his next two fights, he has to get a title shot, I think. It's just, you can't waste a talent like this. You know, a young guy, I think, what is he, 28, 29, something like that? 30, 30. Is that, yeah, but in this division, that's like a fucking 19-year-old, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable, but, yeah. I'm telling you, if, if anyone who listen to this hasn't seen it, go on. You need to see Francis Ngannou. He's just, he's a next-level talent, and it's great to see in the uh, in the heavyweight division, especially when guys like, you know, look at that. Alexander Volkov, Daniel Omelansuk, Alexi Olnik, Tim Johnson. They're, you know, they're ranked in the top 15 as we speak in the UFC's heavyweight division. What are you trying to say Come about on. the Bower restrictor? God almighty. I'd, I'd watch Olenek versus Ngannou. Imagine that. Ngannou gets on top of him and he gets fucking Ezekiel show. Virano, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it? But yeah, okay, let's let's move on uh, to the rest of the card. Um, before we get to the top couple of fights, let's look at... Uh, Look back through the rest of them. Um, I was very, very impressed by Jordan Johnson, who went in and put on a phenomenal display against Enrique de Silva of wrestling and kind of. He reminded me a bit, a little bit of of Ken Velasquez. I think he is a, he, you know, he's some pedigree as well with the NCAA. I think he was, I think they said in commentary he was a two time All American. You know, the way he kind of put his head into into uh, Enrique de Silva's chest. You know, box him up against the fence, took him down, laid him off him. Very Ken Velasquez esque. Yeah, kept busy uh, on top. Of, even though he, he kind of had the rounds in the bag, he while well, he wasn't relying on that, he just kept yeah. he kept the pressure on. Like and the altitude didn't seem to slow him down either, which we've seen even with Cardio Kane, as they were calling him. What happened to him uh, when he fought? You a, love bringing that up, uh, don't you? You love bringing that up. Well, it was so it was so ridiculous the whole like Cardio Kane thing that they were selling him on a cardio machine when he's out of shape half the time. But he was he had unbelievable card on every fight up until up until then. Like he was out for like two mm. years before that. The JDS fights he, he gassed out, but JDS gassed out way worse, so it didn't look as bad, I thought. I don't think so. He's still going. Like he knocked JDS out in like the fourth or fifth round one in the second fight, didn't he? But JDS just fell over after we were eighteen and just yeah. had no energy left. But yeah, yeah he'd he beaten the crap out of him at that point, yeah. But anyway, that's that's a side point. Um yeah, George yeah, Johnson though, yeah, he he did, as you say, have that kind of that kind of style and uh he, Enrique de Silva just by the end he just had nothing for him he he was just done yeah <laughs> like there's a good light heavyweight division kind of there's a lot of guys kind of popping up there in that light heavyweight division isn't there we, you know it's the, Jared Cannonier and and uh, what were the two guys who fought a couple of weeks ago again um, the Russian yeah, dude um, what's his name I remember <laughs> yeah anyway there's a, uh, oh, uh, oh god what's the guy's name he broke the uh, he broke his jaw of the other guy. Remember that? What's his name? Hold on. Yeah, I remember, but I can't remember. He broke the yeah, rings a bell. Uh, and Nikita Krylov was on America. Misha Sharkinov, yeah. Like, oh, there's yeah, some yeah. good guys coming up there. Yeah, you, you know, there hasn't been kind of that new talent in the lightweight division in a good while. You know, you we've had, okay, Ilya Latifi and, and Bader and guys like that. But I think these guys maybe have more, maybe not championship potential, but, you know, I think they'll fight for the championship. Maybe some of them in the near future. And, you know, we need kind of that new, um, that new wave of guys coming into the, the, those bigger divisions. So it's, you know, it's it's good to see. Uh, Lee Jang Yang as well got a got a nice win over Bobby Nash, big KO, um, and Eric Spicely again. Middleweight, different. Like you have to you have to keep Eric Spicely. Uh, I think he should be ranked. If he's not ranked already, I think he he's getting along there. You know, he's. He's picked up some big wins after coming up to Tough House, and uh, he's definitely one to, to look to in the uh, in the future. I think a lot of people write tough, kind of write tough guys, guys from the Ultimate Fighter off, just yeah. kind of because they're from the Ultimate Fighter. But 
<laughs> like they're definitely like look at TJ Dillashaw. Look at all look at loads of guys. There's loads of guys. People need to change that thing. And there was like a few seasons and a few years of the Ultimate Fighter where it was just absolute crap. But it, but these days are there actually are there actually are look look at the last show with Brandon Moreno coming in and beating Smoke. Like there are guys to watch out. Guys shouldn't be just written off because because they were on tough. Yeah, definitely hundred percent agree. Right, let's get into the we'll say that the bigger ones Rafael Asensio against Aljamain Sterling uh, this this was just an unbelievably close fight um, I think the first two rounds were very, I added a draw I gave the first round a 10-10 because nothing happened okay, like, yeah. I couldn't I, I honestly couldn't spin him mm. and I, I didn't know like I, I f- I'd feel wrong about giving it to either guy I just didn't know like I think Sterling won the third and Asensio won the second I think you know, if, if I had to if I was a gun to my head. I would have said Aston. So I don't think Sterling did enough, enough through the first two rounds. He did well in the third, but yeah, he was choking uh, very tentative leg kicks. Was a, was a lot of his offense in the in, in the early rounds. Sterling, he didn't really get going until it, until it was it was too late, nearly. But Aston Sayo never really got going either, and it was very very cagey. And I think Aston Sayo said in the post fight interview that he was worried about gassing out, so he was picking his picking his moment because of the altitude and. It, it was just, it was a very tentative kind of KG sparring match in the end. I think Asensio was smart as well with the, uh, you know, the new MMA rules are very forefront, are at the forefront of people's minds. And I know, I don't think they were even using them at the weekend, were they? But the kind of, the judges will use no. them anyway. I think they were, um, but there was, not all of them, there was like the, I think the, uh, was it, uh, heel strikes to the, or maybe it was the clavicle. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, it was something, it was, one of the rules was, was different anyway. Yeah, but like uh, what I'm talking about is like the you know the power over output rule, and I think that's what Aston was really using. Like as you said, there Sterling was throwing kind of a lot of a lot of leg kicks. And stuff. He, like he tries to fight like John Jones, but he's just not there yet. You know, he's not at the level of comfort of John Jones. Or like John Jones is a very intelligent thinker about the game. A lot of guys kind of go out and kind of throw what comes naturally to them, and I think that's what separates uh, Elgin Sterling from John Jones. You know, John Jones is kind of he's you know he's clinical he's brutal in what he does but i think sterling's kind of he's a bit more a bit more flowy than john jones and i don't know if you're fighting in that style i'm not sure it works that well um you need to throw more of an output i think if you are fighting in in sterling's style and you want you know you want to keep that up but i thought Aston did well like it's it was kind of as I mentioned on commentary, it was like counter puncher against counter puncher, well counter striker against counter striker anyway we'd say. And Asensio was maybe landing the better counters and, and that's probably what what won it for him. But you know, it was it was very, very close. You know, I like I like both of these guys. Asensio as you said there, like him pulling the trigger and we uh, we're gonna talk about that laugh a lot with a couple of more fights uh, upcoming, but him pulling the trigger is kind of a little bit of a problem for him and it even was in this fight. I think if he you know if he can rectify that, there's a lot of guys in that division, you know, that he definitely can beat. Yeah, he's been he's been out. He's been in and out like I think I think he was out for a couple of years before the TJ fight that he came back and lost and then he was out for what, eight or nine months before this for this one. So we need to get the the kind of injury sorted and get back to, to evolving as a fighter instead of rehabbing injuries constantly. I'd say that's holding them back a little bit and maybe a bit of cage rust. Some people say it exists, some people say it doesn't, but I, I think it definitely has a, a little bit of an effect anyway. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't look, he doesn't, he doesn't look the same as, he doesn't look as dominant as he, as he used to, but he obviously is fighting very tough guys as well now. Like, you know, you, you don't get a win over TJ and then get a layup next, even, even if you do, uh, 
come back from a long layoff. But uh, yeah, the, 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 like anybody scoring the fight for Sterling, like I, I have no problem with that either. It was it was so close. Like uh, neither guy really did enough to 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 secure like a definite a definite clear cut win. So um, I can see the draw. I can I can see it for Sterling, but but I had it myself two one for for Aston Sale. Yeah, I suppose the next fighting against Sam Alving against Nate Marquardt was kind of the same. Um, I scored from Marquardt, oh. and I got I got a bit of abuse for that. Uh, but I think it was twenty nine, twenty eight. Either way, the you know I thought the third round was definitely Marquardt, the second round was definitely Alvi, and the first round was really a pick em. Did you? How did you score? It was not much happening in the fight. Like, it was very, it was a very, very forgettable yeah. fight. You know, it, it. I said it on Twitter at the time, but actually, I think, the first round we were, I think I was watching it here at my mate of mine, and we were kind of talking. Was the first round a draw? We were kind of, yeah. We were kind of one of them. Could have been, could have been another draw, or could have, another one that could have been a draw as well. Like Sam Alvey's always just looking to counter nearly exclusively, and mm-hmm. Nate Marquardt didn't want to lead because he because he seemed to know that. And then Sam Alvey had a couple of flurries when he heard the old 10 second clapper, but that was kind of it. Like. For for there was there wasn't really much to it. Like it was a bit of a sparring match again, a bit of a, a bit of a tentative affair again. As I said on Twitter, like before the the, the result was called out, it's like it shows it shows the inadequacies in the ten point month system. Like Alvi had a big second round, you know, he landed a lot of shots. He kind of let his hands go a little bit, and you know, did damage. Kind of cut up Markhart in two places in his face, you know, big big damage. And he still probably, in my opinion, could should have lost that fight. Well, not should have, but it was, it was close. But he could have lost that fight, even though like all the damage in the fight. All the you know the good offensive work was done by Sam Alvey. You know, the second, the second, the first. Well, with the, new, with, the, with the new rules, you can you're you're, you're kind of more able to give ten eights and a ten like yeah. a ten seven. It so wasn't it, a ten eight. Yeah, though, maybe but. maybe it's gonna take it's gonna be too, there's gonna be teething problems. Like people are gonna some judges are gonna be giving ten eights more freely than others because yeah. they interpret the rules differently. But um, I think it's for the best, as you say, because. He, he, these rounds are being some rounds are being scraped like 10 9. Okay, he landed a, a nice shot at the very end, and that was kind of all that happened. But then another round, he might there might not be complete domination of striking or grappling, but it, it might be like pretty heavily in one guy's favor. So you give a 10 8 there, and it kind of the, the guy who, who won the overall fight then kind of ends up winning winning more often than at the moment or at yeah. the, the old way the scoring was. Yeah. I think Sam Alvey, but obviously, yeah, yeah. teething problems are gonna happen. I think Sam Alvey's one of those guys that. You know, I spoke about Aston Sowell letting his hands go, and I think Alvi's one of those guys as well that needs to let his hands go. But I also think he's he doesn't really have that doesn't have that high base, if you know what I mean. Like he's not he's never going to be a champion. No, he's not. He, I think he's getting everything out of himself that he can get out of himself at the moment, and it's very tough to sit for a guy like that who's doing extremely well. You know, winning fights that he probably shouldn't be winning. It's very tough to say to him, you know, start fighting differently, start letting your hands go more because, you know, if he does that and he comes up against higher quality, he'll probably get knocked out. But against Nate Marquardt, the guy we've seen knocked out multiple times, you know, over the last couple of years, guy who's not the same as he used to be. I think would have been smart. And I, I, in the second round, it kind of showed that, I think, um, that that he started landing. Mar- like, Marquardt's corner, I think it's Trevor Whitman, isn't it? Um, said to him between rounds, you know, you're the best in the world when, when you can fight the way you want to fight, when you want to be calm and stuff. But he just can't do that anymore, you know. He looks... He, okay, he's not as bad as he was maybe a couple of fights ago, but he... I don't know. There's a touch of the BJ pins about him, you know. He looks a little bit shot. He, he's not the Nate Marquardt he used to be, you know, back when he... Yeah, he's he, an old 37. He's had a lot of fights. Like, a lot of people forget lot, as well. Had... Yeah, he was on TRT as well, and he, you know, he was one of the guys who... Who was a big user of the DRT, and when that's gone now as well, you know that's gonna gonna hurt. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if he needed the exemption, which hopefully he, he hopefully you think, well, like it's debatable about whether these people needed them or not. But uh, I think it. I've heard that it affects your like testosterone reproduction, yeah. even kind of being on it. So I don't know. It's hard to know with all this kind of this TUE or with all the testosterone stuff, and we're we're obviously not doctors and stuff. So. Uh, I'm a doctor. But, uh, he's, he's had a, he, <laughs> well, he's had a he's had a lot of losses. He's he's lost by TKO or KO a good few times. Let me just look at his shirt off here. He's been TKO or KO'd eleven times. Jesus, like you know, he, he's definitely shop worn. He's got oh no, sorry, no, that's his win. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's had sorry, that's wrong. He had uh, five TKOs or KO losses in, the, in 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 the seventeen losses, and yeah, he was he was in. And they always said he was the king of pancreas, so he, he was. Yeah, he's he's fought out, or he's had bouts outside of MMA and kickboxing and stuff as well. Like, he's he's yeah, it's it's tough to know what to do in it with a guy named, like Nate Marquardt, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like there was a there was a stage there where you kind of wanted him to retire, and as I said, he popped back a little bit. From, you know, I think he went back to Trevor Whitman's gym and uh, and improved a little bit. But yeah, it, it's tough. You know, he's definitely. When you're having him against fights, like Sam, even for himself, you're like, "Why are you doing this?" You know, then I, I'm not sure, but um, you know, you never know people's circumstances, and you know, I'm okay. With, like, I'm okay when him fighting. You know, he's he's not uh, I, okay. He's taking a lot of knockouts, but he's fighting now in a way that maybe he's not getting knocked out as much as he was before. Um, so look, if he wants to to keep doing it, keep doing it. But guys, like, I'd love to see a guy like him retire. You know. He he's done it all in the sport as much as he's ever going to do. You know he was a strike force champion, good you know good middleweight and welterweight for years in the UFC. You know, he's nothing left to prove, and you know it's 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 probably sad that he probably can't afford to, you know to retire and that he has to keep fighting. That's just the state of the game, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's tough loss for Nate Marquardt against uh, against Sam Alvia, who I said keeps uh, keeps kind of rolling on. Um, all right, let's get to the let's get to the main card. Obviously, we spoke about Arlovsky and uh, and Ingram already, so let's talk about Jason Knight against Alex Caceres. What a, this was just a, a very very enjoyable fight and a you know a great finish from Jason Knight. I thought Alex Caceres actually fought pretty well. You know, he was getting his, his striking off well, using his distance well as well. He's which, an angle, oh, angling out nicely. Yeah. Even Jason Knight hitting air in the first round, but uh, yeah, Jason Knight. Uh, where he turned it on in the second round, didn't he? Yeah. Hick Diaz, as Grabaka Hitman calls him, you know, talking shit in the with his, with his Mississippi drawl, you know, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the octagon. But yeah, he's a, he, this guy's a talented dude. Like, like he, I think Patrick Wyman put it on Twitter. You know, he's he's a very good striker, but when he get to, he gets to the floor, it kind of it, it's a whole different ball game with him. You know, he, he absolutely destroyed Caceres and Farron. Caceres is a good grappler. You know, if you ever hear, listen to Caceres talking for years and years, he's talked about how jiu-jitsu is kind of his game you know he loves getting you know jiu-jitsu it's kind of become his life and jason i absolutely destroyed him you know with not just ground and bone but you know he was he was destroying him in the jiu-jitsu realm as well and ended up choking him out and to do that to a guy like alex Sears, like i have a lot of respect for alex Sears. i think people maybe you know i okay he's taking a lot of losses and stuff in his career and yeah i think alex he's, not the, he, he's kind of He's he, he's kind of remembered as the guy from Tough, and when he came into the UFC, but he's so much better than that now. Yeah, he's he, he's like really developed. Like in, in that year 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 Rodriguez fight, he really showed a lot as well. Like like look at look at how good year has looked against everybody else. Like that's a, Alex Caceres is kind of one guy that year has kind of struggled against. Yeah, 100%. and um, 
Jason Knight just just in the second round just went through him on the ground. It was it was it was, it was slightly shocking yeah. how easy he made it look. Kawajiri beat Jason Knight a couple of fights ago, which I, I just in a fight I just totally don't remember at all. You know, there's so many fights these days, but you know, I think that win puts him up there. You know, he puts him top fifteen or, or towards that anyway. And you know, there's there's a lot of good fights from there. I'd love to see him fight Brian Ortega. You know, after seeing him fighting on the ground uh, the way he did, you know, T City. Yeah, I don't, know if, I, I don't know if you'd want to go to the ground there. It's probably safer to, to stay on the feet. I don't, I don't know if uh, <laughs> yeah. T City has much of the stand up game. I don't I don't rate T C D that highly to be honest. T C D is like the Derek Lewis of the Federweight division for me. I'm not <laughs> like he was getting destroyed by Clay Guida until he beat him like the last minute of the fight it wasn't here or something like yeah. that. Well, when you're that the ground, though, you, you know, all you need is uh, all you need is a few few seconds. That's true. He was losing that that convincingly, yeah. Yes. Striking striking needs a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Jason Knight, uh, he's an impressive guy, you know. He's, you know, I, I think he's, he's father died there recently, and it's always nice to see, you know, a guy bounce back uh, and and get the big win. You know, he said it afterwards, but uh, you know, seems to be improving a lot. His last fight was impressive too, but he seems to have improved again with with this fight. And as I said, you know, a guy like Alex Caceres, who was a big, you know, big kind of maybe not a size advantage but he fights long you know that's that's always tough especially at you know at the lower weights where you maybe don't see that as much and to come through that get the big finish you know, he's he's going to be a test for yeah. anyone jason right yeah alex caceres is kind of unorthodox as well you yeah. can kind of confuse people and kind of get get them out of their game but uh and he kind of did that a little bit in the first round to jason Knight, but he managed to figure it out and get the job done comprehensively like he definitely looks like a prospect like we, i think he's only like 23 or 24 is he yeah, he's, I think he's young. Sure, yeah. His nickname is the kid, anyway. So he better be young. Sure, the California kid. The boat. <laughs> um, I, right. I think he's young, anyway. My my brain's just frozen there, but I think he's young. Yeah, he's young enough. All right, uh, let's get to the common event: Harry Masvidal against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. <sighs> Did you see my useless fact of the day the other day? Cowboy Cerrone. Every every year he's been in the UFC, where it's an even year, he's been unbeaten and every year he's been in the UFC where it's an odd year he's lost the fight so he carried on that uh, that sequence again losing in 2017 to uh, to Jorge Masvidal at the weekend and uh, I thought you were going to talk about I thought you were going to mention your your fact about uh, about Cerrone not losing to a tough champion that you were called yeah. out on <laughs> See, loads of people have come in. If you didn't see that, I, I okay. Before this fight, Cerrone had never lost a UFC, WEC, or tough champion, which I kind of added in. Okay, was a bit. Yeah, non. Yeah, it, so it was a bit cheeky, but uh, <laughs> like someone called me out on it and said that's incorrect, and I was like, well, "How is it incorrect?" He, was, he lost to Diaz. Like, yeah, Diaz is a tough champion. Like, oh no, that's incorrect. It's not such thing. I was like, "Fair enough, right?" <laughs> loads of people have come in now and abused that person because Jorge Masvidal obviously um, googled his own name and he retweeted my tweet and lots of people <laughs> have come in now and abused that person like what are you talking about you know exactly what I meant like why are you being that person I was like oh brilliant you didn't I didn't Chat shit, get banged <laughs> exactly but uh but yeah was, even if you look at that you know it's always the top guys and i said the tough champion because it was nate diaz you know you know nate diaz is a great fighter obviously to be the beats ronnie and masvidal is the first obviously non-ufc champ non-nate diaz uh non-wec champ as well obviously he lost to uh jamie varner back in the day to beat ronnie so look, and I, I think if you look back at those 
those losses, apart from maybe the Jan- Jamie Varner fight, which you can kind of take out because it was so long ago, I think all of those people beat Tony with boxing, you know, and I think really that is the way to beat Tony these days. Okay, you could you could take him down if he came up against a very good wrestler, maybe someone like Khabib or something. They'd take him down and you know wrestle him for the night and stuff. But <clears throat> I think <clears throat> Cerrone, <clears throat> I'm choking to death here. He fights in a very every your people are probably sick of reading in every article I write about him. But he fights in a very upright kind of mai tai, kick your legs, very good leg kicks, very good head kicks stance, you know. And to beat that, Jorge Masvidal kind of matched him in the high up kind of BJ pin against Frank Yeager three <laughs> stands, you know, <laughs> but it worked for him. You know, he, he's boxing is so good. You know, people said he's the best boxer in the UFC. I don't think he is, but he definitely has very, very good boxing. And he fought a little bit. Like if you go back and look at the, um, uh, Robbie Lawler against Johnny Hendricks fights, you know, they fought a lot of hand fighting close quarters, you know, faster man getting off the punches quicker. And he beats Sony there. You know, almost universally, Cerrone was landing shots. But if you look at look at the way Cerrone throws his shots, they're kind of they're just to land. You know, there's not power in them. When when Masvidal throws them, he, he throws them hard. He throw, you know the hit, even his little his little jabs. You could see them. They're all you know, they're not maybe not ridden enough, maybe not hurting Cerrone, but they were you know all of those kind of add up. And I think he another big part of it as well. I think he kind of gave up the leg kicks a little bit um, as well. He's like, okay, just let him, I'm going to beat him with my hands. Let him kick me. And he kind of did that. He started, uh, they started adding up a little bit because Cerrone threw so many of them, but he, and he started uh, checking them a little bit. But I think that was, that was a concerted effort of, look, let him leg kick me. I don't care. I'm going to beat him with my hands. You know, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, do you think do you think Cerrone like I thought in his last couple of fights he tried to be a little bit more, kind of, a little bit less kind of stuck in the Muay Thai kind of flat stance, and he tried to move around a little bit more. But then in, at the at the start of the Masvidal fight, he he seemed to be back to just just standing in front Muay Thai stance. I, I don't know if you, if if I'm imagining that or if you noticed that as well. Uh, a little bit, I think. Yeah, in, in this one, I think the way Masvidal stood up against him kind of made it hard to do that. Um, and Cerrone, like when we we didn't really talk about it last week, but when this fight was announced, we talked about it. Cerrone tends to get drawn in against guys like that. You remember when Diaz drew him into that battle, like that he didn't want to be drawn into. And yeah. I think Masvidal kind of drew him in as well. You know, he was talking to him a little bit, and you know, didn't give him an inch before you know before the fight and stuff like that. Um, and you know, Cerrone's look. Cerrone's had a, a lot of mental problems down the years, you know, with pressure and with the crowd and stuff. Fighting at home for a guy like Cerrone, you know, I take I'm usually not one to take those things into account too much because you just simply don't know how it affects guys. Um, but Cerrone, you know, who's mm. looking for tickets off him, bothering him, ringing him up, you know. Yeah. The Brian Sand even said it on the on the commentary, you know, as he goes down to Mexico and stuff to get away from all that. But he's right, you know, he's stuck there at home. And uh, you know, yeah, I was thinking that he kind of overcome that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of anxious, and but maybe yeah, maybe you're right. The hometown thing and the extra pressure of everybody, or not everybody you know, but a lot of people you know being there. I think even even as Greg Jackson said to him uh, after he'd been TKO'd the first time that <laughs> uh, you're not going to lose in Colorado, you're not going to lose whatever something along, you're not going to lose in front of everybody or whatever. So yeah, maybe that was kind of a big uh, thing in his mind beforehand that maybe. Maybe that maybe that was a bit too much for him, but I think maybe more of it is uh, his lack of head movement um, yeah. when he when 
punches are being thrown at him, it's, it's, it's come back to bite him again and again and again. And he just, he just, he just eats too many punches. He's too easy to hit with, with, with boxing. 100%. Just, he, he, yeah, it's just, it's a fatal flaw. <laughs> it seems to be, he can't, he can't get over that hump. He can't sort that, that out, it seems. Yeah, that, that was always why you said it and I said it. Lots of people, I think, said it. Conor McGregor is a nightmare matchup for Cowboy Cerrone. You know, boxing as boxing is what beats Cowboy Cerrone. McGregor just would have chewed him up. I think he's lucky. He, I think he's lucky he never got that fight because it would have been a, it would have been a quick ending. But speaking of quick endings, what did you think of the for, the, the knockout at the, the end of round one? Well, un, un, unless there's some kind of audio issue with the sync yeah. on BT, <laughs> which there could be because BT are, are terrible, yeah. known to be a bit terrible. But uh, on, on our broadcast, uh, Herb Dean stopped the the fight before the bell, well, about one second before the bell went, and then decided, oh no, 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 it's uh, the end of the round, even though it wasn't. Yeah. Look for me. I, I was watching that and I watched it again, right? I, I watching it live, right? The, um, uh, Masvidal knocks him down, goes down, Herb Dean comes in, stops the fight, then the bell rings, right? It, it was very close, like a second. And it, right, it could have, I, I couldn't understand, right? Herb, it's very loud in there. Dana White said it afterwards. Herb Dean hears the, the 10 second clacker. He's counting 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And he stops the fight, you know, when, when he gets to 1 or when he gets to 0, whatever. Fair enough. But he didn't do that. If you look, if you go back and look at that again, right? He gets knocked. Um, Cerrone gets knocked down by Masvidal. Herbine goes down, and as he goes down to split the fighters, he starts waving his right hand to say the fight's over. He starts that and he kind of stops it quickly. But if you look, he starts waving his right hand to say the fight's over. You know, I thought that was as clear as day. Uh, he like he clearly stopped that fight. It was it was you know. 100% definitely stopped that fight. I think it was a huge mistake by Herb Dean. Uh, he's a very, very good referee, but it was definitely a mistake on on his part there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It was it was it was bad. I think I think he he in the in the moment must have must have decided. Oh, I, I stopped this too early and tried to just play it off like that. But what 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 do you think about people? I saw people on Twitter calling for uh, in between rounds for for Cerrone's camp to not send him back out or his corner not to send him back out for a second round. Yeah, I, I'm betwixt and between on that one to be honest because you know he looked okay, you know, in, in between rounds, but you have to think about your fighter as well. You know, if that was. If that was Carl Bindred, you know, fighting, I'd say, you know, send him out again because he's been knocked down like that loads of times. If that was, you know, steep Emi Ocic, I would have said send him out. But it's Cowboy Cerrone. And he's a guy who likes to fight every few weeks. And I would have said, look, Cowboy, you got knocked down hard. You don't need to take this damage. Serve, come back. You can fight again in two months' time or whatever, you know. Maybe that, you know, as, as you the said. Home, the hometown thing might have played yeah, into I was, the corner. I was just about to say that, you know, you, as you said there, you know, Greg Jackson mentioned that being in Denver and all that, maybe you're thinking, you know, we can't, we have to, you know, we can't let him lose like this in front of his grandmother, in front of, you know, his friends and all his hometown. Maybe that came into it. I wouldn't criticize him too much because you're kind of given a second lifeline there. And, you know, when your guy is maybe on the verge of a title shot or on the verge of a, a contender shot, uh, maybe you have to do that, but... I don't. I honestly, I'm I'm torn between it because it's grand to say. Look, he 
he obviously went down and I criticized Herb Dean because he should have stopped and he you know he made um call by take unnecessary damage but <laughs> it's a very tough position for the cornerman like that like I think there's some fights where there's guys getting beaten and are beaten badly and you you should stop the fight but he took one shot you know he was losing the fight you know he was, he was losing the fight as as we said but he took one shot went down and kind of got overwhelmed but yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely a tough one for me. What would you have done? Would do you think yeah. they should have pulled him um, out? Uh, no, I, 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 uh, it's really tough. Like um, they know best. I think they they would have been. They were talking to him in the corner. They were looking in his eyes and stuff. Um, I, 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 I think that Greg Jackson, if he saw a glazed over out of a Tyrone in the corner, that like he wouldn't have sent him back out. So I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll go with Greg Jackson's judgment on this one. To be honest. Because yeah. it is a very hard. It's a, it's a really tough one to call. Like how out of it is he? Obviously, like when you go out there the second round and he just gets he he looks like he's out of it. Then obviously it, it looks bad. But maybe he maybe in the corner he did seem all right. Like to to Greg Jackson who knows him very well. Like, so yeah, it's a, I'll, I'll I'll go with Greg Jackson's judgment on this one. I wouldn't have been shocked at all if we had thrown the tail in or just said nah it's over yeah i think another thing with Sony as well like when he gets into a position like that and greg jackson said oh you just sabbing you before you've got dropped and come back he has but he's never got he's never got dropped into like a fight finishing almost dead and come like wonder by against tyron woodley or something like that come back from you know the dead to win a fight people probably say he probably has now some such, but I, you know, a lot of remember that rds fight or rda fight sorry rds uh where he got knocked down kind of he, you know, he tends to give up a little bit and we've said this loads of times about Cerrone before now obviously he wins more than he loses but when he gets into those big hard positions he tends to wilt a little bit and that kind of happening you kind of see in his face and i know it's it's hard for the for the cornerman uh, and as i said like a guy like my or Wanderby or Carl Pinger or someone like that, you know, who are known for kind of coming back from getting hurt and stuff. You can see him, or even you know, like a JDS or a Velasquez, or you know, loads of quite a, loads of other fighters um, who've done it as well. Is Cerrone, I'm not Cerrone, I'm not sure Cerrone is that guy, and maybe they don't want to admit that, and maybe they think, as you said there, his attitude has kind of changed. Maybe those problems that everyone thought they were gone. But maybe they weren't, and I think like in, he tried his best in in the second round. But I think he knew himself it was over, and he was just kind of waiting for it. Um, the, the, the second stoppage, then I thought it was a very odd time to stop the fight as well. You know, he was he was taking he was taking body shots, and he had one free shot. So I was looking at it again. You know, it was he saved him from taking another free shot. But the fact that he didn't save him in the first round when the fight was over, and when he mm. he was obviously hurt. And he's, you know, but he does save him in the in the second round when he was just on the ground and had just got up, you know. I, thought I think was it was similar in, to when Herb did uh, the the Rockhold Weidman fight, yeah. where he kind of knew he should have stopped it originally, and then he was kind of looking for a reason to stop it. Then mm-hmm. I, I'm glad he did stop it because I think, as I said in Twitter at the time, Cowboy took too much damage already. but it's a real pity yeah. that all this happened because Masvidal should be getting more like. Hundred percent. Shouldn't be about oh, Herb Dean's blown another fight or whatever people are saying. It, it, it should be about like this guy's had what like 40, 45, 50 MMA fights, and then who knows how many street fights, and and, and this is the biggest win of his career. Like this is probably the, I think this is the biggest win of his career. Like and he's had he's had big wins, but this is this is a big win. Like every, like a lot of people know who Cowboy Throne is. A lot of people have a lot of respect for Cowboy Throne's fighting ability, and he. He just, just he knocked him out like 
TK out him twice. Yeah, 100% 2 and 0 on the night. Harry Masvidal, fair play to him. Yeah, as you said, <laughs> I think Dana White said it afterwards as well that Masvidal's, you know, if he lets his hands go, he's very good. And look, thinking about it, I don't think Masvidal has like the full, well rounded game to win a title shot or to win the, the welterweight title. Sorry, especially when you've guys like Woodley, Wonderboy, Maya. I don't think he beats any of the three of them. Um, but saying that, Robbie Lawler won the welterweight championship with a very similar um, fighting style as Masvidal. You know, I don't think he's as good as Lawler, but you know, he, he can go far with that fighting style at that weight class, you know. Lawler's tight end defense is very, very good yeah. though as well. Masvidal is good, but it's not as good. I agree with you, yeah. Uh, you know, especially against someone like Woodley, you know, I could see him taking him down. Um, but yeah. And Robbie Lawler is like the hardest man on the planet nearly as well. Like, yeah. He his is, whole face is like ripping off and he's just like making it worse by smiling himself and laughing. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, there's you know, there's lots of good fights from there. You know, maybe not. Look, Gunnar Nelson is is above him in the rankings at the moment. Maybe that'll be good yeah, one. I know Gunnar Nelson fight. doesn't have a fight at the moment. Uh, Carlos Condit's still around. I'm not sure what he's doing. Lorenz Larkin obviously looks like he's going to sign for Bellator, but we don't know. But yeah, Neil Magny as well. Lorenz Larkin's already yeah. beaten him recently, hasn't he? Beaten Masvidal. He has actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one, but yeah, Masvidal is definitely on the up, and that that's probably the biggest win of his career against uh, against Cowboy. Just before we get to the main event, I suppose, do you think Cowboy should stay at welterweight, or do you think he should go back to 155? Um, I don't know. How big of a cut do you think it is for him to get to 155? Yeah, I've always had that. He's a tall guy, like, but he's very kind See, of he slender. He's big enough for welterweight, yeah. isn't he? Like? He does, but Masvidal was a 55 as well. You must remember that. Masvidal's kind of a heftier guy than him, but I was surprised by how similar in height they were. You know, Sony's obviously a little bit bigger than him, but you know, mm. I don't know. I well, think I suppose, he may have been 455. Yeah, yeah well, he doesn't probably doesn't want to fight Rafael Lasanios again. He's he's gone up to welterweight. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson, have it. Yeah, like that fight. They need to get Gunnar Nelson back in against somebody. Anyway, it's been too mm. long. They do. And Macy's in on this London card. We have a few questions about that, so we'll, we'll wait a lot for that to later on. But uh, let's get to the. We're running out of time here, so let's get to the, the main event uh, Valentina Shevchenko against Juliana Pena. And this is one of those fights where you look at it and say MMA is just the most unpredictable and amazing sport in the world. Because. Okay, Valentina Shevchenko is good off her back. She's good. Uh, was one of my useless facts of the day. She has more submission wins in her career than she has knockout wins. She's good trips. You know, pretty good takedown defense. Everything is good. But if you look that fight, we spoke about it. Like in that fight. Yeah, we spoke about it last week, and I did my preview. And like Juliana Pena, if you were to say, how does Juliana Pena win the fight? You know, she gets a high clinch. She gets to go fight on the ground, and that's exactly what she did for two full rounds everything that she would want to do against Shevchenko she did and got it off right she got uh, it doesn't matter okay Shevchenko took her down she doesn't care she she wants to be on the ground you know she'd look at her previous fights against Katsangano uh, and other people you know she's ended up on the bottom and then ended up on top that's where she wants to be everything went against yeah. Shevchenko and she still well, won. even though Shevchenko got got two kind of takedowns herself, yeah. uh, I thought she still lost that round. But she did nothing with them except she just stayed on top, and then she 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 ate punches for the rest of the rounds. Not nothing big or anything, but a bit of ground and pound and stuff. So it was a very close round. I could see why people did score the first round for Shevchenko, but I had the first round for Pena. 
And then the second round looked like it was going even more Pena until <clears throat> until she pulled out that that beautiful finish. Like that was people saw that coming, even though you kind of hinted at you you it was part of your bet. Like you didn't go straight straight KO, you went KO or submission. So you obviously were thinking that this is, this could happen, but uh, I don't think many other people were. Yeah, look, I, I thought it was a possibility because I thought Pena had a high possibility of taking her down a couple of times, <clears throat> and it was. It was safer than going for the straight knockout because a lot of her fights as well have gone to a decision. So, you know, that, that was my thinking of it. But I, I honestly thought if she was taken to the ground like that, she would have lost, you know, it was Pinyaz or else, you know, lost the rounds where she was taken down in that one. And it was obviously going that way until she pulled out the submission. But yeah. So you had the first round for Penny as well, did you? Uh, I'm not sure. I... I don't know. I, I can't really remember. I think I have. I think I had a for Shashinka, but it, as you said, it was close. It was, you know, it was a, it was a fifty-fifty round. Um, yeah. But I, this is. It, it was just uh, Shevchenko. Like you, it was. It was brilliant in one way because, as I said, everyone against her and she still won, and that's that is the real mark of a champion. You know, really is like Anderson Silva against Chael Sonnen, the second fight ever, or the first fight. Everything went went against him, and he still won. You know, Conor McGregor against Chad Mendes. Everything went against him in that fight. A lot of it, anyway. Takedowns, you know, especially in the second round. And he yeah, still won. Caught, unfortunately, caught. Like, he, yeah. he could probably eat a few of them elbows and not get caught. It was just happened to get caught on the first one. Yeah, like GSP against Condit, you know. Six months out, gets knocked down, nearly gets knocked out, comes back and still wins. You know, that's a mark of a champion, you know. And, Daniel Cormier uh, and Anthony Johnson as well. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I and mean, I was like, I was very, very impressed with with what Shevchenko did, and you like you have to start taking her seriously. You know, as I said, uh, that ground game and that those trips against anyone else except Pena, that would have been uh, like I would have been waxing lyrical about how she's getting a fight there, how she's mixing up. Where uh, against Pena, I don't think it was the right thing to do, even though it worked out for her in the end. But you know. <laughs> Okay, the end was great, but I don't think the means were great. If, if you like, if people can understand that, fair, like, fair enough, it, it, she did. But I'm sure she wanted the fight to be on the feet. I'm sure if if she, you you asked her before the fight, you know, you're gonna spin most of the first two rounds on the ground, she would probably would have said, no, I wanted to spin most of the first two rounds on the feet, striking, you know. And we didn't see basically see any striking, but it, I thought it was just it, just phenomenal that she was able to pull that out, you know. Pena probably kicking herself now that you know she had that fight on the ground for two rounds and she couldn't get not just get the finish but get dominant position to land a lot of ground and pound and thing. But I think she's still very raw. You know her striking is just not there yet. Even you know even her takedowns and her ground game and stuff, it's very dominant when she getting getting top. And her takedowns from like the high clinch are very very good. But she's limited, very very limited fighter. And as we see with Shevchenko, she's not. She's not limited, you know. She's good on her off her back. When she got on top of Pena, she was able to stay there. Her striking is obviously unbelievable, and you know the game is changing right in front of our faces with, with women's MMA. I remember one of these first podcasts we did, myself and Andrew, we were talking about like we were still looking at the highest Gracies and maybe the Chocolates and the TRTs of, of women's MMA. But now, you know, we're coming, we're coming to the Rashad Evans here. I think of the of women's MMA and you know the Rich Franklins maybe and a little bit above that even. And I, I think it's in, it's very enjoyable to see uh, and Shevchenko. I think with Nunes and and Jacek are leading the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and like even though even though Nunes and Shevchenko fought recently and Nunes won a decision, I think I think everybody's up for up for seeing it again <laughs> after after that fight. I don't think anybody's like ah they just fought recently. 
I think people wanted people understand that the both of them are evolving very quickly and and that it was a close fight the first time and and that it, it it's going to be a great it has the potential anyway to be a great fight the second time and and that obviously for the belt uh, there'll be more interest in it uh, than than there was the first time. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the fight to make. Like uh, we were saying before, it was it was definitely Pena if she won, and probably Shushenko if she won. But the way Shushenko won, I think, makes it like makes makes it uh, pretty much guaranteed that they're going to go that way. I think the way they've brought Nunez into the cage kind of pretty much come, well. You never know with these things, but it shows that that's their intention at the moment, anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Right, let's. Uh... So yeah, okay. Just before we, we get to that, Pena obviously, I thought if Ronda Rousey's coming back, Julian Pena against Ronda Rousey makes perfect sense to me. I think that's a that's a good fight. Isn't there a bit of bit of tough back and forth or back back and forth in the Ultimate Fighter house as well between them? Yeah, Pena's Misha Tate's uh, Misha yeah. Tate's girl. She was on her her team yeah. and she's trying to partner with her as well. And uh, obviously, I think Shevchenko, as you said, Nunes fight. Uh, like Nunes was obviously winning the first two rounds, won the decision in that one, but Shevchenko was kind of coming back in the, the third. A lot of people are talking about, as you said as well, like five rounds, that's going to be a different fight for that one. So, you know, it should be really good. Um, yeah. Let, right. Let's move on to um, the, the Conor McGregor interview. And we, we'll just touch on it quickly. I think a lot of people have talked about it already. So, um, obviously, he, he sat down with Ariel on Man- in Manchester on a Saturday night. Uh, you didn't see the interview, did you? I, I, I saw it, but you saw it the main talking points anyway. I thought the interview, it was a good interview. Obviously, like, in front of crowd and stuff, McGregor was, like, playing up them a little bit. You know, he kind of has to, he, you know, we'll, holding up his glass, saying we'll toast and kind of roaring off his different lines and stuff. And it was maybe a little bit tough for Ariel, but I thought he got he got some very good stuff out of him. You know, if it was obviously, you know, if it was a sit-down and... You know, in his, you know, in his kitchen or something, he, you know, probably he probably would have got a lot more out of him, or you know, a little bit of more muted, you know, maybe thoughtful responses. You know, a lot of the stuff McGregor was kind of roaring and, and shouting and playing up to the crowd a little bit, which you kind of have to, I suppose, when they're paying, you know, hundred euro pop or whatever it was, you know. But I think the main, some of the main talk points out of it were were pretty interesting. Um, first of all, he's he's. His Instagram beforehand, where he says "fuck the UFC, fuck Floyd, fuck box, and all of this," uh, was it was a good uh, kind of elixir to get uh, things started off, uh, and I think maybe probably sold a few more of those pay per views, um, and he, and then he got into it and he started talking about about Mayweather, and he's you know he basically said that. He hopes the fight will happen. He's going to go out to Vegas to to try to talk to Fly, try to talk to the UFC. Um, Fly Mayweather came on Sky Sports then and said he thinks the fight will happen. He was on Showtime, I think it was in the States as well, and said the same thing. So this looks like it's moving forward. Um, like after hearing, after our maybe reading, if you didn't hear him, the words on Saturday, I think we both agreed in like 70 30 a couple of weeks ago for the Mayweather McGregor fight. Where where do you think we're at now? No, I was thinking more five percent. Last, the, the oh, yeah? last, um, it's probably it's probably still around five or ten percent. Maybe in the future, but next, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, well, I think McGregor said, no. Go on. I, I know Floyd, Floyd's kind of. He's not. He's not exactly a spring chicken, so he kind of needs it to, to happen quick enough. But uh, it is. It's. It, it's a big. It's. A, it's a big operation to, to put this together. I'd say, like, to get everybody to agree. Like, look how long it took for Pacquiao and Mayweather like, to come. Look at how. Look how long it takes to get any boxing bout together. 
I, I think we'll see Connor in the. I still think it's a high, high possibility or a high percentage that we'll see Connor fight in the UFC for next, not box Floyd. Well, McGregor said that he he thinks he's next. The next time he'll fight, he'll be stepping through the ropes and not into the cage. And he said, you know, he thinks it'll be um late next late this year or early next year. So. That's what he said, so I, I don't know how, how accurate that's going to be or not. He also said that he's going to, when that fight is over and done with, he's going to get back into the UFC and start fighting regularly again. And I was thinking about that, I was like, is that true, I wonder? Or is he just saying that to get the UFC to allow him to do this fight? <laughs> you know, he's a smart guy. And I don't think other people maybe might be that smart and say things like that. But well, I, I think know. everything he's saying is kind of playing, yeah. he's kind of feeling out what, what, what what's possible here and what the response to everything will be and yeah Dana White did you see Dana White kind of said it would be a what, what was the quote uh, it'll be quick epic fall, fall. Epic fall yeah if, if he wanted to go and, and then he kind of he kind of they kind of backtracked on it and they said oh, oh we were talking about if he did it without the UFC it seemed like he was kind of saying it about uh Connor saying fuck the UFC more people at my event than there is at the UFC on Fox show or whatever yeah. and then he kind of seemed to the UFC kind of clarified Dana's comments which is very unusual. Yeah, it was. I think that's kind of the new age of WMEIMG as well and stuff. But um, yeah, there's definitely a battle going on there. And uh, McGregor's kind of, I think he was very intelligent in the way he said it, that he could do it without the UFC, but he wants to do it with him. You know, and I think we've spoken about that. I think that's the best way to do it all along. You know, you need the three parties in there to get this done. I, I really think that. Do you think he can do it without the UFC next? I don't think he can. I think he'd have to fight out his contract if he wanted to do it without the UFC. There's a champion's clause as well in the UFC contract, but he... he t- I don't know if Connor has that, though. Does he not? Do I don't know all have? the champions have I don't know. I don't think they all have it. Yeah. But he did mention the Ali Act in, in, the, uh, in the interview. And, you know, he is a licensed boxer and the Ali Act has this thing where, you know, you can't be beholden to a promoter. So, you know, if if that is, you know, if he falls under the Ali Act, you know, is there a way out of it? I know um, John Nash has written a big article on it and he's it's very it's a very intricate way of getting out, you know, of getting out of, maybe not getting out of the contract, but getting past the contract so he can have a boxing match. If anyone wants to read that, it's over on Bloody Elbow. Google it. You uh, that sounds like it would end up with years of court, court battles. Could be, yeah. Yeah. I think and it was two years money that they should be making off of the McGregor brand in, in court and everybody's just paying out to lawyers yeah it could be uh, other things as well came from he said he was having a baby boy which is obviously uh, obviously very good and you know he was he was talking about he spoke about you know the other contenders and he didn't really you can you can tell and I think we've talked about it for so like yeah, you know McGregor always kind of wants to go up you know to the next the next stage, you know, the next bigger fight, you know, if it was, you know, Aldo and he wanted to go up to, and fight RDA and, you know, that didn't happen to any fought Diaz and obviously Diaz fight again was the bigger fight. Then it was the, you know, the New York card with the with the two belts. But there's nothing really in the UFC to get bigger. Like, who can he fight? I mean, I, I've said it, G, GSP is the only one. And he, GSP was really the only one he mentioned, not by name, but mentioned as like, yeah, that's if that's a fight I'd ride look look to, or you know, that's a fight I want to, I want to. And he said something bad about GSP as well. 
he said, uh, he said he, he couldn't negotiate his contract. That's why he was front oh, and yeah. center of the association. Yeah, so there you go. Like, I think, like, he didn't really mention Habib at all. Didn't really mention Tony Ferguson. You know, he was kind of, didn't mean to mention Aldo on the Tyron Woodley thing. You know, he said, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. But he was very, very on and off on that as well, I thought. So, you know. Dent Diaz as well, you know, he took the piss out of him and he got a good promo on him for, for Diaz going on uh, going on the phone to Floyd. He, did you did you ever see that clip where he you know Floyd had him on his phone and you know he was talking shit to Floyd and stuff and McGregor, I haven't seen the clip but I heard Connor talking about it, yeah. Saying yeah. he was his bitch. Yeah, McGregor that was a bit was a bit embarrassing in fairness, and I thought that was a good promo, but McGregor said they will meet again. Mm-hmm. So you know he said Yeah, Connor's like, Connor loves to keep his options open and yeah. he, he seems to <laughs> mentioned near all, all his options are mentioned a lot of options and and it's that's good like the, the the UFC he obviously he's been calling for the UFC to, to come and talk to him businessman to businessman or the new owners to come to talk to him businessman as businessman for 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 ages like straight after he knocked out Eddie Alvarez he's he's making time for a call gesture before he before he celebrates and yeah I don't know why they're not the it's it's, it's funny to me that the or strange to me that the UFC, the, the new UFC owners aren't trying to set up a a meeting here yeah i think i think that's all too he said obviously as well that he's gone to vegas and he ariel asked him about that and he says he doesn't even know who's in charge he's kind of you know he's been talking to dana he says multiple times and he's saying he says dana's still in charge and stuff but as, as ariel keeps putting it like you know if, if the cleveland cavaliers are bought by new people lebron james will be talking to him you know if man united was bought they're going to talk to him. <laughs> You know, they're going to talk to uh, Sergio Romero, our biggest player, and stuff like that. But <laughs> Marcus Royal. Marcus Royal, yeah. He's been playing well in fairness this year. But yeah, um, it, it is odd, isn't it? And I think I was listening to, um, what was it? I was John Morgan's MMA Rochon. He made a great point. He was in the... Uh, he was in the new building, you know, the UFC are building a new building, building a new building, yeah, yeah that's right, in in Vegas, yeah, and you know, there was a lot of uh, IMG people there and stuff, and he was kind of talking to him, and uh, he said that people said to him that, you know, he kind of asked why hasn't Ari Emanuel and uh, um, Whitesell, what's his first name, um, Patrick Whitesell, why they haven't spoken to the public yet and stuff, and I th- he said that he was getting the impression that they're not speaking to the public yet because they don't know the business properly yet. If you know, you know, they want to bet in, they want to understand everything before they go out and they speak about it. You know, if, if they're asked about fucking, you know, Yair Rodriguez, they probably don't know who Yair Rodriguez is like. And I know that wouldn't be a, a question they'd be asked, but I suppose they want, you know, MMA is a complicated business, even from our point of view and fans' point of view. But imagine you're, you know, you're in the business. And I, I think that's a big thing. Now, with McGregor, that's a little bit of a different situation, I suppose. And they could just talk to him business-wise, you know. But maybe they're still figuring out what, the you know, their business and the business plan going forward, even though, you know, it was obviously a $4 billion thing. But everything changes once you get in there as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that that will probably change fairly quickly. I, I, I would, uh, I'd bargain. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I I thought it would have. I thought they would have got onto him after he kind of after the old Eddie Alvarez fight and in the press conferences and stuff afterwards he was calling for it. But um, it's it's strange because it it's strange because um, like it's 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 twenty seventeen. You can you can just hop on a phone. You can like yeah. <laughs> it's not difficult. Like they don't even have to meet face to face. WhatsApp him. Get on there. Facebook, Facebook message him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Snapchat. Was there anything else from that interview that uh, that stood out to you? Um, no, I don't think so. 
the, the old jazz music and the raffles and stuff beforehand were, were very good. It was like a Russian MMA event, but I think it's up on YouTube now actually <laughs> for anyone who wants uh, to have a look at it. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on. That's illegal. That's, that's fucking illegal. Um, we'll just touch on this week's <laughs> card pretty quickly before we get to the, the questions for this week. Um, and it's it's a pretty good card actually. Looking at it here. Um, we're supposed to get to the main event first. Um, we'll just briefly touch on it. Dennis Bermudez takes on the returning Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung over five rounds in the featherweight division. Um, pretty good, pretty good fight. You know, obviously, you know, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it was announced first, and you made the point that it's it's tough to know where Chan Sung Jung is going to be. You know, he's been out for what two years now with military Three and service. Years, and, is it that much, Jesus? I think well, we yeah, fought Aldo so in 2013 for the belt. And that was it, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time anyway, but uh, it's it's going to be tough to know where he's going to be. Obviously, the game, it's not just that the game moves on, but ring rust and all of that, you know, that is really, it's August 2013, yeah, so it's, you know, it's been a long time. Um, yeah. He's always fought with reckless abandon with his hands down and he stuff. Like, he's always been um, living on the edge, <laughs> or fighting on the and, edge. Dennis Bermuda is a guy who kind of does that as well, but he can also take a guy down and, and kind of lay on him, and he's very good wrestling. And you'd hope, if you're his coach, that he'd do that in this fight, but you just never know. <laughs> you never know what Dennis Bermuda is. This could either be a brilliant, great, you know, you know, a fight that maybe lasts 90 seconds or could last three or four or five rounds, you know, outstanding beating his heads off each other, standing up, or else Bermudas could take him down and, you know, maybe submit him or, or, or uh, ground upon him. But uh, <laughs> I tell you, Korean Zombie, I don't know if he began submitted by, by uh, Yeah, he's Bermuda. good Jesus, yeah. He's very scrambly. Like, that that, that uh, win against Justin Poirier, was, uh, that was a five-round fight. That was the fourth round of a five-round fight as well. He, he has no gas historically, as we say. This is, this good is all... Good twister. Yeah, good twister. Yeah, Lenny Garcia. Poor Lenny Garcia. That was... Um, mm. That was so, this is all three and a half years ago, so it, it's hard to know. He's been in the, the military. How, how much has he been training MMA? We, we just don't know, really. He's he's not really a big media media speaker ever in his career, anyway. And he could like the Korean Zombie could come out here and look really really good, and he could look like what he, what he's looked like. He could have been training the whole time, improving, or he could have been just doing his military thing, and he could look terrible. He could look like BJ Penn. Look, he could look like. Uh, like a, an old school fighter fighting a new school fighter and he and just get trashed. So, but Dennis Bermudez isn't really Ariel Rodriguez either, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having said that, though, you know the Korean Zombie is very hittable, as we do say. Like, like he got knocked out by George Roop with a big head kick. This this one this one is another one that's just really really hard to call. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably yeah. pick Bermudez just based on the fact that uh, the Korean Zombie has been out of the cage for so long. Uh, but you know. It, this is one of those fights that I just don't know what's going to happen until they actually step in there, and I'm glad that Ryan is doing the preview for this one and not me. So that that'll be, uh, <laughs> yeah. that'll be that should be fun anyway. But either way, I think it's going to be it's going to be a fun fight. Like as you said, like uh, okay, I said Bermudez maybe take him down and maybe make it a little bit boring. But as you said, like Chan Sung Jung's jujitsu is so good that there's always the the chance that he catches him, so it takes away maybe mm-hmm. that boring aspect. So and in his last fight, he was doing pretty well against Aldo until his his dislocated his shoulder. Was, yeah. Yeah. That, like it's just so long ago that we, we, it's just there's so much unknown. Yeah, I agree. Um, Alexa Grasso comes back as well on, on Saturday night, and she takes on Felice Herrig. I like that fight for for Alexa Grasso. You know, she needs to 
not not that she needs to move up, but I think she is on the path, you know, to to climb that division. She's on beaten nine and all beat Heather Doug Clark in her her uh, UFC um, debut debut in November. So you know she was the uh, she was she wasn't champion in Victor, but she was one of our best uh, best people over there. She beat uh, Mizuki Inoue and and people like that over there. So this is a big fight for her. Felice Arig. She's improved a lot recently, but I think. You know, once she gets on the back foot, uh, and uh, you know, Grasso is, is is pretty good everywhere. And if I think if she can put pressure on, you get you know, get a few takedowns, land her big shots on her rig, I think uh, that fight is definitely there for her for the winning. Yeah, yeah, I, I expect Grasso Grasso to to win here. But as you say, she's a wily veteran, Felice Harris. She was doing well against Paige Van Zandt in her in her last bout until until she lost. But uh, yeah, you'd, you'd have to think that. Uh, the Grosso, Grosso here. I think the UFC are trying to position Grosso for Grosso for a title shot. It looks like, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Abel Trujillo against uh, James Vick as well. That's that's a good fight. I like that fight. Like James Vick is very, is a very slick kind of. Got one of these guys. That, I think he came out of the Ultimate Fighter House, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And he always reminds me of um, Max Miles Jury a little bit like him. I think the. I don't know if they fought or they they didn't fight, but I think they might have trained together before. But the the um. They're fighting in a very similar sort of way. Um, I suppose himself and Trujillo are kind of polar opposites. You know, you've one kind of skinny, kind of skillful guy, and then you've one kind of big, muscly, kind of, you know, Wild take man. you down, smash you, yeah, kind of guy. So I, I like that, uh, you know, that one where Trujillo, if he is able to land his big power punches, are able to get his big, huge takedowns, I think. You know, he'll, that'll obviously favor him. But if Vic can use his footwork and, you know, start landing his jab and get his combinations going, I think uh, Trujillo has shown in the past that he, he can wilt under under pressure like that. Yeah. Um, Never rule out a DQ or a no contest when Trujillo's around as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, uh, OSP and Anthony Hamilton are fighting two guys I've never heard of, so that should be fun. But, <laughs> um, I think the two biggest fights on, on this card are... Women's strawweight fights. Actually, the three biggest. Uh, we spoke about Grasso and Perry already. You've just Gandraj against Angela Hill and Tisha Torres against Beck Rollins. Two very, very good fights for me. Um, really, yeah? You, you don't yeah, think like that Gandraj and Angela Hill fight is a bit of a It is a bit of a I still like the fight, though. I think Angela Hill has improved an awful lot. Uh, you know, I would, okay, fair enough. I wouldn't have agreed with the matchmaking. I've, I've talked about it before. But I still think it's, it's a good fight. You know I, I would have liked Angela Hill to get maybe a slower all. I think they've made this mistake with her before, you know, putting her into big fights too quickly. But Andraj, you know, she's a good fighter. But if someone like Hill, you know, she has kind of good boxing, good movement and stuff. If she can use that movement, maybe stretch, uh, frustrate Andraj a little bit, get her into the third rounds. You know, she has a big weight cut to get down to, to straw it. And, you know, it could be interesting. Obviously, I'd favor Andraj to you know, to close the distance and, and land her big shots and obviously get maybe get the takedowns, maybe get the submission as well against uh against Hill. But you know, it's it's an interesting one for me. I, I still think it is interesting. I, I don't think the fight should be happening because the four month um the four month period of USADA testing was just she yeah. was just given, you know, given license not to do it. But uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, not that not that like there's any suspicion of Angela being on it. No, no, no. Yeah, it's just it's just that the that rule should be just the rule shouldn't have one out as we as we talked about. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and then T- Tisha Torres and Beck Rollins. Yeah, I like that fight. I think uh, Beck Rollins has improved an awful lot recently with her with her box and stuff, but I just think Tisha Torres would be too fast for her. 
in that one. I'm very like Tish Torres is one of those people who okay, so there's way, there's ways of beating her, but they're kind of hard, if you know what I mean. You know, she's she always puts up a tough fight, she's not an easy out, and I think she'll probably win the decision against Beck Rollins. Yeah, just I'm just thinking here. I, I think I said I was talking about Beck Rollins instead of uh Felice Herrig earlier, but uh, oh yeah, you were. Ah, sure. Oh well, these things happen. Right. Before we uh, before we move on to the questions, um, uh, Neil series obviously out of his fight against uh, against Ian McCall. It was, it was that his mother in law died uh, during the week. Obviously, condolences from everyone at Severe May to to uh, Neil Siri and his wife and his uh, and his family. Um, it just you know, obviously it's a fighting for Neil, for Neil, but. Ian McCall as well, you know, he's, I think there was a graphic put up last night that he's had so many fights kind of fall out in him. Obviously, he'd probably get a replacement one for this fight, but, you know, this... I think, I think they need stuff. to keep him on the 208 card because how it's, it's falling to pieces. I think they need Ian McCall. So we might see, we might see Neil here against somebody else. Um, I don't know how, like... Siri probably like these family things you you just need it it's just badly timed he only probably only needs a week or two like it's just that yeah. a week or two is vital to his training camp and he doesn't want to go in against Ian McCall with, with a half hour's training camp behind him and uh, and dealing with a lot of family family issues so it, it, I think it's the right call from Siri to, to to delay this but we could see him maybe on the, the London card because I know it's not that it's only it's only a month later but um as I say like this is just kind of badly timed yeah, hundred percent. Um, and as well, Melvin Gillard against Chidi and Jaquani happened over in uh over in Bellator. It was an impressive yeah. win for for Chidi and Jaquani. Uh, I don't think Melvin mm-hmm. Gillard should be fighting anymore. Uh, to be honest, it was just he doesn't look especially a welterweight anyway. The fighter he used to be. Um, I think the scoring was really really weird. And that they, they gave you know they, there was one scorecard who gave three ten eights. And you talked about it earlier on these. 10-8s given out liberally. I thought that was an absolute farce, you know. Um, I thought there was one 10-8 at most. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it was just weird. I think there was, there was one round where I think Gallard didn't even throw a punch. That round was probably a 10-8. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the other two, yeah. Well, there's going to be, as we say, there's going to be these heating problems. Some judges are saying, okay, 10-8s everywhere, and some are still reluctant to give them. So, so hopefully it will kind of just, over time, <coughs> just kind of, the judges will get more experience under the new rules and just be more comfortable and I think it's I think it's better to try this than to just stay the way we were. So uh, at least at least the right guy won, and there's no there's no controversy in the in the the victor. Yeah, hundred percent. Right before we get to the questions, just uh, let's give a shout out to uh, our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Uh, head on over there, um, rosnutrition.com, Ireland's leading um, supplement provider. Use the promo code SEVEREME, get twenty five percent off your first order. Help us, help you. Right. Questions. Um, John Minton, is that it for Arlovsky? Do you think he should retire? And no, no, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be the end for him. Um, and I wouldn't be really calling for him to retire. Uh, I don't think he'll be making any more runs at the at the the top at the belt or at the top guys. But I think I think he he can be a good uh, litmus test. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'd probably tend to agree with that. Um, we have a lot of questions there. Mr. Podge asked a question a few more people about the UFC London. It was announced last night, MMA Junkie, I think, had the story that um, Beeston 25-8 and Jimmy Manu is going to be the main event for UFC London. Over time. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. 
What do you think about that? Not great. Yeah, that was, yeah that's not great at all. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be getting excited about that. Um, like Jimmy Mann was Jimmy Mann was a good fighter. He's he's, he's got a nice style. He's, he's very good stand up, but it's just not main event material. It, it, uh, I think when the fight got announced, they got announced for the card, and then it kind of got bumped up to main event as well, which is which people kind of expect a, a main event to be announced over it. it, it they're obviously going to be disappointed. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, if they put in a good co-main event, I think a lot of people will, will forgive that. They have the you can use the it's a local guy, Jimmy Manuel, so they kind of they, they can save it with the co-main event. Get Siri against Money Mouse, but at main event. Not the <laughs> uh, Philip O'Connor, good good friend of ours over there from my he's rise for writers, isn't he? Uh, yes. What happened to yeah. what happened to Cowboy? He was invincible last year, but fell apart uh, in in this fight. Offensive boxing happened again, Cowboy. Yeah. I hundred I hundred percent agree. That's that's basically the the bottom and top of it. Um, Nate Gildea, friend of the podcast, good man. Nate asks if the UFC could put on. Um, a main event, and he says, "Come in, event. We'll keep it the main event that could beat the pay per view record this year. What do you think it would be?" Hmm. Well, Floyd could, Floyd and Connor could beat it if they could put that on. Yeah, Easy. But, uh, um, I don't think so. GSP and Connor, that would yeah, be it. That's the only one I can think of. Maybe Nick, Connor Nick, and Nick. Nate. Even though Nick hasn't won a fight in five years, Nick could, Nick and Connor could probably beat it. Good, yeah. <laughs> Nick is a great man. Um. Uh, question there from Stian Bergland. Uh, he just asked us who do you think who we think to win the how do you think Korean Zombie will win? Look, and who do you think to win that match? Uh, mm, I, I think Bermuda's the winner. Who are you picking? I've always been a big fan of the Korean Zombie, but I don't, yeah. it's so hard to pick him. I, uh, if he looks, he like the, the Korean Zombie that left for the military, I think beats Dennis Bermuda's pretty handy, but. <laughs> Uh, it's just so hard to know. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Korean Zombie. I'll go with the Korean Zombie. Nice, I like it. Uh, David Bixon's band asks, if you're a regular, what do you do with Herb Dean right now? Um, I don't know. Maybe you give him, give him a week or two off. <laughs> yeah. He's going on holiday. When's the last time that guy had a holiday? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think you do anything with him, to be honest. I mean, I have a word with him like and stuff. But... I, don't think you, I don't think you punish him or anything. Well, maybe you can just go here. Do you want to take... Go off for for a few days or a few a few weeks, a couple of weeks. Like he was doing fight after fight after fight, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He did two fights in a row. Yeah, that was that was very weird. But I don't know. I think it was it was a mistake. It was obviously a big mistake. I have a word with him, but I don't think you know. I don't think these guys are getting paid enough to find him or you know. Put him, no, no, put no, him no, out of action or anything no, like no. that. No. Uh, Derek Kelly asks. It's, it's not it's not an easy job. Like it's it's not an easy job. Like he. Hard like referees in soccer and stuff, they're terrible, but that's a lot easier of a job, you know. There's four of them, you know. The referees, there, but there's a lot on the line here, yeah. yeah. 100%. Uh, Derek Kelly asks, Al Iaquinta's imminent return is it a sign the fighters will be better paid or just a one off? Uh, I think it's just a one off to be honest. I don't even know he's getting better paid. I just mm-hmm. think, you know, it's you see, he was tweeting about how he hated his, his real job that he got before, uh, before he came back, so maybe it was more. Oh, see, all right. Get, get me out of this office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good to see him back, though. Obviously, a very good fighter. Yeah, uh, definitely. Somebody as well. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Shannon asks about there's rumors that David Branch and Justin Gaethje are coming to the UFC uh, with John Fitch retiring as well. Rumors of that. Uh, what do you think it, it? Do you think it spells the beginning of the end for uh, more series of fighting? Uh, 
Well, a lot of people have been talking about the beginning again for uh, yeah, worth fighting for a while. I believe you've been predicting it for years, John. About three years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one year you don't predict it is the year it's going to go down. So we don't know the finances. They, they seem to always be on the Saturdays of UFCs, which is just terrible, terrible move. There is weekends where UFC don't have events. They need to be all over them, all over them Saturdays. Bellator doing Fridays. They need to be all, all over the Saturdays that the UFCs aren't on. Yeah, I think it is the beginning of the end. For Dave Branch. If they lose Dave Branch and uh, and Justin Gaethje, then who have they got left? Marlon Morris. I think he's gone yeah, as well. That's it. Then that's that's not like John Fitch is what he's kind of the tail end of his career. Pal Harris is, is gone. There? Yeah. Pal Harris, yeah. You can't trust him as well. He'll just, he's he's gone. Though, to let him go. Sure, he's over in Russia now and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, Joe White as well asked about London Card we touched on that um, Morgan asks about MMA movies Warrior Here Comes the Boom which has MMA had its best he's the raging bully yet. I thought Warrior was pretty good did you enjoy Warrior? I actually haven't seen Warrior I saw Here Comes the Boom uh, a couple of years after it came out and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going yeah, to be it was funny it was, yeah. was, was alright yeah, Baz Rutten was good enough I have very low expectations going into Warrior was like not very real to what could actually happen to me. Although maybe, but um, yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Gavin Springer asked, should MMA writers really be telling fans to suck it up about lackluster UFC London guard? I don't know who did that, but they probably look. <laughs> they shouldn't be telling fans to suck it up, but like give your opinion, whatever, whatever your opinion is. Fair enough. That's always been a big thing of mine. Uh, but that London card, if your opinion is that it's worth the money, your opinion is probably wrong, like in fairness. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> um, Prince, Prince Richard. of a tie, Daniel Bridewan. Which Irish fighter do you see making big waves this year? Uh, it's already you see, probably you mean, see? No, I don't know, maybe anywhere, Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't fight, yeah, making big waves. Either way, though, he makes Ryan waves. He makes waves. Yeah, it's already the UFC. Ryan Curtis, yeah, uh, Reese McKee. Yeah, actually, uh, Miles Price had to pull out with a with a rib injury. So uh, Reese McKee is now fighting Chris Stringer, who uh, who lost out to Reds uh, Paul Redmond in his last fight. Who's uh, been around for years? Fought fought uh, Rich Clemente. Fought fought loads of people over the years. Real real. T- tough veteran of the game so that's a, that's a good test for Reese. Yeah, should be fun Tom McCarthy asks if Vince McMahon was booking the UFC other than Connor, who would the big star be? Uh, some 7 foot tall muscle band Francis guys fucking Inganoa who would the star be? Sean Sheen yeah. is booking oh, the heavy, <laughs> uh, Putinowski would be the, the main guy probably yeah, <laughs> yeah um, uh, Alan AJK underscore um Dublin asked as well about UFC London. Um, it, it, yeah, he, he mentions about King Moab being on the headline of the Bell Rock I think it's it's pretty similar. Um, it, it's very odd. Nunes and Chichko. Aaron at Aaron AFC STL. Who is your money on Nunes versus Shevchenko? It's a tough one, isn't it? Five rounds. I'd probably go Shevchenko. Yeah, I agree. We've we've a lot. We've about four conspiracy theory questions here. Our ghost real from Jamie McDermott. Our ghost real? No. No, I don't think ghost real. Uh, I think it was John Minton asked, "Is the is the world flat?" <laughs> um, 
Is the world flat? I don't think so. No, I'm open to evidence. Sure. I'm open to evidence. Eddie Bravo was <laughs> was on the Joe Rogan podcast last night. It was hilarious. He was <laughs> at the end of the podcast. Joe Rogan got really mad at him. Oh, if anyone hasn't seen it, go watch it. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Um, that the Russians invaded America. There. When did the Russians invade America? What? Apparently, the Russians rigged the election. Everybody's oh, conspiracy yeah. theorists these days. Oh, yeah, it's right. hilarious, and they hate democracy. My favorite is the uh, the JFK shooting, because that's that's the most like you know how it happened isn't you know how people say it happened it definitely isn't how it happened, and I don't think people know how it happened. So uh, you know, with the bullet being perfectly lodged inside them and stuff and things like that, but that's my favorite. I wouldn't be a big one for conspiracy theories to be honest. I'm I just stay away from them more because I just don't know. But you're you're a big man for the old conspiracies, aren't you? Um, well, I think uh, I think the media used use the, the conspiracy theory phrase to discredit people with questions or people trying to ask questions. They they well, they used to, but now that now they're the conspiracy theorists all of a sudden. Now that their guy didn't win the election or their their vote didn't go through, hilarious. We <laughs> oh, know we've got a Trump apologist here. You you don't like Trump, do you? It's just uh, no. It's, I don't like that either. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> everyone's an idiot Every, everyone's a fool let's be honest about it yeah. <laughs> alright another good podcast in the books uh, give us a follow over on Twitter at Chanchin went a bit crazy at the end there there were the questions look you ask the questions we answer them what more can we do um, as I said tell a friend you know we, we need this we need this podcast to grow and we can do it with your help if you enjoy it tell another MMA fan that you know and enjoy it give an old tweet tell people to listen we you know we do this for free every week for you guys you can help us out a little bit um you know twitter facebook snapchat everywhere spread the word thanks very much for listening follow me as i said at Chanchi NBA at severe MMA. uh any any final thoughts before the uh, before the ingram um no, that should do us. The big, big match of the weekend: Liverpool, Chelsea. Yeah, come on, Chelsea, let's go. M- must win. Must win. Yeah, indeed. Mane doing his bit to get back on time. Eric Bailly is welcome back. It's it's great. These African combinations work well for the two of us now. Yeah, they should put that in, in the Bar- summer. Just, I don't know yeah, why. It's so stupid. Like, yeah, it's it's really weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's it anyway. Right, time for the inspiration quote. Here we go. Do what is right, not what is easy. We'll see you next Tuesday.